Welcome to the Compassionate Educators Show for teachers who desire to change lives without self-sacrifice. Let's dig deep together into the skill set, mindset, and best practices you and your students need to thrive in today's schools. Now your host, Marie Cooney. Hello, Compassionate Educators. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have my friend and former coworker, Beth. And Beth, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am a school counselor and I work with kiddos in 4K through fifth grade. I'm going into my sixth year doing that here in Kenosha, and previously I worked in St. Louis, an inner city school, um, yeah, as a school counselor there also. I'm really excited because I know you are a big fan of the zones of regulation, something that I had incorporated into some of the classrooms, and you have really taken a big role in the district with zones of regulation. And I thought this would be a fabulous topic for our audience because this is really helping our students to think about their emotions more and utilize some new skills so that they can regulate their own emotions. So can you tell us a little bit more about the zones from your perspective? Sure. Uh, when I when I picked up the zones book originally, I thought it was a pretty hefty curriculum with a whole bunch of lessons and a lot of information. Um, so I kind of started exploring to see if it would be something that would fit with my students. And at the same time, I had one particular classroom where the kids were just really struggling with how they were feeling and acting out. And then when you get down to the bottom of a behavior, you find they were frustrated and just didn't know what to do. So although I felt like I had been talking to the kids for a few years about every emotion's okay, and it's just what we do with them when we have those emotions, I felt like I needed something a little more universal where we were all using the same language. And so I proposed piloting it with this class and she said, let's go for it. We started working with uh, just identifying the zones and getting a little into it. And then other teachers started to see that there was a difference. And so they said, I want that. <laughs> so we went school-wide um, and it was really great because even my lunch staff and everybody was using the common language and I really think that that's a huge part of it. Everybody's talking about it, everybody's using it, everybody's got it on their lanyards and it really helped the kids to start seeing that everybody has feelings and it's okay to have feelings and we need to figure out what to do with those feelings. Yeah, absolutely. That's so fabulous that they saw how effective it was and school-wide it became known and discussed and used. And I want to go back to something you mentioned about all emotions are okay. And I know that some people might question, well, what do you mean all feelings are okay? What about anger? What about extreme frustration? What about those emotions in the classroom? That is something that some kids will kind of question too in adults, you know, like it, it's, we can't, but we can't act like that. And my point is always, you're right. We can't, we can't do things like throw things and yell at people and hit people. We can have the feelings though, like we want to, we just have to channel those feelings into 
something else. We have to find a tool that will help us to calm down. We have to find a way to express how we're feeling without hurting others. So we always say, you can have any feeling you want. It's what you do with them. And also we cannot hurt people in the process of doing something with those feelings. So that's just something that we have stressed and it is also school-wide, you know, a lot, I hear a lot of the teachers saying, it's okay to be mad, but do you think it was okay to throw that? You know, and so talking them through it and finding different ways. Um, I mean, you can't say you can't feel that way. You know, somebody's going to feel the way they're going to feel. So you just have to figure out a way to work through it. And that's a big part of what this is and what we're doing in our school with it. That's great. So it really sounds like you're teaching the students that the emotions are okay, but it's the actions that have consequences. Right. And also that just because you're feeling that way doesn't mean it's okay that you did something. You know, I had some fifth graders say, so if I'm in the red zone, it's okay if I do something wrong? I said, no. The red zone is how you're feeling. What you do with it is what we have to figure out. <laughs> Absolutely. So now those of uh, the listeners that are not yet familiar with the zones of regulation, let's talk a little bit about their colors. You mentioned the red zone, if a student is in the red zone. So let's walk through the color zones and what those represent. Sure. So when I start explaining with the kids, I always start in blue zone. I go with the speed of your body and I explain that the blue zone is when your body is moving slow. You're feeling sad. You're feeling tired. You're bored. You're just kind of feeling blah. Then I talk about the green zone, which is when you're calm and you're alert and you're focused and you're ready to learn. And we consider that our optimal learning zone because that's where you're going to be able to focus the most and to listen to what the teacher's telling you. Then we go into the yellow zone where our body's starting to move a little fast. Maybe our heart's beating a little faster. We're getting frustrated. We're upset about something. We're just starting to feel not ourself. And then if we don't bring ourselves back to the green and the yellow, we may end up in the red zone, which is you are out of control. And whether that be out of control with anger or out of control with excitement, it just means that you just cannot contain whatever emotion is inside of you. Mm. I love this explanation. Thanks. It's such a wonderful visual. As you were describing the different colors, I actually went up the body, saw the colors, and had the sensations that you were describing, and really was able to focus on what that meant. So you also mentioned lanyards, that the school staff has this on the lanyards. What does that look like? So there's four different little, um, they're laminated cards, and on each card there is one of the colors of the zones, and there's a few little feeling faces about how you may be feeling in that zone, and then underneath those are some tools that you can use to help you get into the green zone or get out of the zone that you're in. So every staff has them um, hanging on little hooks on their lanyards so that if a student is feeling like they, they can't tell you what's going on, they can point to a zone. I had a student that was shut down, you know, hiding in a corner and I just held the, my cards out and he pointed to the zone he was in and I said, okay, now we know that there's tools on here. Will one of these help you? And he pointed to break and I said, well, let's get you to a safe place to take a break. And he got up and walked to that safe place, took his break and was fine. Oh, what a wonderful way to help those students who are either not verbal or who are choosing not to express themselves through language during those really challenging times. Yeah, it's been very helpful, very helpful. A lot of times when they are in, not in the green zone, it is hard for them to communicate with words. But if they can point or use a visual, then that's really helpful. So 
you did mention that this is school-wide and that staff have been responsive. This program is able to be effective if it's not done school-wide, if it's just done within a single classroom. I, I think you could be successful, but I think it's more successful if you've got it school-wide. Because I mean, those kids in that classroom, they're gonna be going to a specials teacher. You know, they're gonna be going to lunch and recess. They may run in to having to talk with the principal or somebody else in the building. And it's really helpful if everybody's using the same language. I mean, I have my art teacher who is incorporating zones into artwork and she found a, a book, um, I think it's called Grumpy Monkey. And so she's talking about the zones and what zone he's in and drawing emotions on faces and they're doing a whole project with it. So oh, it's I really helpful. Yes, it's so helpful when they're all talking. Um, I mean, I, I think when I started it in the one classroom, my goal was to go to school wide if it worked. And I'm so glad it did because I really think it's very helpful for everybody to speak the same language. Absolutely. And so you mentioned how you describe it to the students and we talked about their colors. Are there some other activities you have found to be really helpful in explaining this to the students and getting them to connect with identifying their feelings and using the different tools for coping with those feelings? Sure. I, um, I, I use YouTube a lot to find videos to help them um, kind of guess what zones the characters are in. There is a lot that people have already labeled as zones of regulation. There's a lot of Sesame Street ones that the kids love. Even my fifth graders love. They'll say, is this a Sesame Street video? Um, <laughs> and, you know, they like if I pause it and say, okay, now what emotion and then what zone does that go with? Um, they really like those kinds of activities. Um, today I was reading a book to kindergarten and we would pause and on one page alone, this impatient caterpillar went through every zone and back and forth through it and, and so excited about guessing the zones based on what the character is saying and you know the expressions on their face um so those, those things have been have been helpful um i also um i i did a donors choose project and got a toolbox for every classroom so every classroom has a little box in the safe place and i went into every classroom during my lesson time and we looked at every single one of the tools that are in there, talked about how they're used, how they're tools, not toys. They got to pick which one would be their favorite that they feel like would help them and draw a picture of it. We passed them all around the room. Um, so those kinds of tools really helped. So curious about what kinds of tools are in your toolbox? So there are um, balls that have like spikes, kind of spikes on them. They're the plastic ones that they can squeeze. And it's a really neat um, sensory input for them. They can rub them on their arms. We talk about rubbing it up and down your arm, rubbing it on your hand and the way that that feels. Um, there is, it looks like a Chinese finger trap, but the ends are sewn shut and there's a marble inside. Hmm. So they kind of just squeeze the marble back and forth. There's a Jacob's ladder in there, which uh, most teachers have put that on their desk to use as a full class kind of tool because it does click a little bit when you go back and forth and it's kind of a tricky thing to do. Uh, of course, it was their fa all their favorites. You know, they loved that one. Um, there was some, like the, the stones or the marbles that you put in the bottom of like a vase. They kind of have a smooth surface. Oh, yes. Like yes. little gems, right? Yes. Yeah, some kind of little gems. Um, I've, I've had like worry stones in my office for kids to rub before, um, but I put the gems in there and there's a nice smooth surface. Um, there's one of those like koosh balls that's kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it really. They're like rubber bands that all come out of the middle of a center of a ball. Oh, um, fun. Yes. 
things like that. I mean, I've been printing out some visual tools, like the Zones has a lot of uh, really cool reproducibles in the book that are included. And there is like a, a the Lazy Eight Breathing, there's a little visual. And so I printed those and I've laminated them and put them in there so that if they don't want to use a physical tool, they can use what I call my favorite tool, which is my breath. <laughs> and they can you know, do different breathing exercises. Yes, you can take that anywhere and everywhere, right? Yes, and it's free. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love, I love all these ideas because they are things that can be easily done. And mm -hmm. as you mentioned, putting on a video and having the students really look at the different emotions of different characters and just having them connecting can really help them to also have empathy so not only identifying feelings but have some empathy for the characters that they're watching as they're going through different emotions yes it's, it's very helpful and I also find that um, the staff I hear them modeling the zone that they're in and what they should do or a situation where something happened and they were not in the green zone and what they did to get back into the green zone and so it's it's really cool that we not only see it in videos and books but our staff are actually talking and modeling how they're feeling and their emotions and how they get through them and as you say that it just makes me think about how even as adults there's a lot of times when we may not be in the green zone and we yes. might be feeling ourselves in the red zone where we are just frustrated or we might be nervous about something that hasn't been done and we're in the yellow zone. And so, and I say this as I'm actually looking at the little picture I have of the movie Inside Out, <laughs> which correlates a bit with the yes. zones of regulation. And it really makes me think about how important it is even for us as adults to be paying attention and when we are able to identify that for ourselves, model it and get ourselves back into the green zone, find our own tools to calm down, that made such a big difference for us in our day. But also, as you said, it shows the students how they can also do this too. Right, yes, yes. As I was doing a lesson the other day about um, the size of the problem, I was telling them how, like, remember it snowed the other day and they were like, yeah, that was crazy. And I said, you know, halfway through the day, I realized I don't have a snow brush. I said, that's a problem, right? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what do you think I did? And, you know, they all raised their hand and one was like, you freaked out. You started yelling, you started screaming. And I said, okay, so those are your guesses as to my reaction. So what do you think I did to solve it? You know? And, you know, one kid was like, well, you could just go to the store. I go, well, my car's covered in snow. And he's like, yeah, good point. You know, and so a few of them were like, well, you could ask somebody for help. I'm like, exactly. I'm like, you know what? I thought, man, I can't believe I forgot that. But you know what? I work in a building with a bunch of people. Somebody's got to have one. And they did. And so the kids were like, oh, you know, and so I said, did my reaction match the size of my problem? And they're like, yeah, you didn't freak out. You didn't start yelling. And I'm like, and did I solve my problem? And they're like, yeah. So it's really those teachable moments too that, you know, if we're as adults thinking about what zones we were in and how we reacted to things, if then we can then model or even tell them how we handle the situation, it makes it more real for them. And it does help them empathize. And they're like, wow, man, that really stinks that you had to deal with that. You know, it's a really neat thing. Absolutely. Oh, and this is just such a wonderful way to kind of bring it 
full circle, how we first have to identify our own feelings. And once we can do that, then we can really look at others and have that compassion, have that empathy, and really start creating communities in which we have that compassion for ourselves and for others. Yeah, yeah. And I, ha- I have parents too that will tell me, hey, my kids said they're in the, the yellow zone. What does that mean? <laughs> and so they're going home and they're talking about it. And and I always tell the kids, the paper that I'm giving you is, is not only a tool for you to remember what we talked about, but it's your ticket to conversation at home. Like take it home and give it to your parents. So they say, what is this all about? And you can explain to them what the zones are and ask them about what they do when they're in the yellow or the red or the blue zone. And so it's really, it really is kind of cool. That is, I love that they're bringing it home. They're sharing it with their parents because I know when I was a kid that we really did not have those conversations at school. I mean, we really didn't have those conversations much anywhere. There might've been some feeling identification, but to truly speak about the tools that you can use and to talk about breath work, to talk about how to get yourself to a calmer state that just wasn't happening very much. And so when they're bringing it home, sharing it with parents, you're really having this, having this shown to another generation, which again, life-changing educators, you guys. <laughs> right here. <laughs> Yes, changing not only the lives of the students, but of their families and for generations to come, because then they will have those skills that they can pass down to their own children as well. Right, exactly. I tell them, even adults need tools. They see me playing with my hair or fidgeting with my bracelet, and I'm like, those are silent ways for me to just regulate if I'm feeling frustrated or upset about something, you know, and we all we all do them, and now they're just recognizing them and you know, if I, if they see me playing with my hair, they'll say, Mrs. Pelk, are you okay? Are you in the yellow zone? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cool that they're, they're making those connections, you know, and that we're able to help them make those connections. It is, it is so wonderful. Well, is there anything else Beth, that you would like to add about the zones? Anything else that teachers that educators could do to incorporate this and maybe just starting out because I know that you have it school-wide but I know that there's a lot of teachers who might want to just begin to incorporate it into their classroom and maybe hope that others will pick up on it. Um, If you want to start you know small in the classroom start with just the colors and what they mean and what they look like and what they sound like and you know what they feel like and there's visuals in all the classrooms that I've that I've provided that that have those things on there. Because with academics and with other things in the classroom, we say, this is what this looks like. This is what this sounds like. This is what this, you know, should be. And so incorporate it with the zones that way. You know, I've, we've got the posters hanging on all the walls that talk about that. And then, you know, if you're if you're the only classroom in the school doing it, it's to talk to your kids about, you know what, this is something that we're doing here. And it'd be really cool if you could, you know, teach your friends and other people. So if you you know, encounter a staff member or something's going on and you're somewhere else, you could say, well, we talk about this with the zones in our classroom. You know, the kids can be the advocates to get it to, you know, to spread in the school. And I think that's powerful. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Beth. And I'll go ahead and put more information about the zones of regulation in the show notes. 
And if you are not in the Compassionate Educators Facebook group, go there today. There's a lot of resources, a lot of support and community building in the group. And again, thank you so much, Beth, for being here with us today. If you enjoyed this episode of the Compassionate Educators Show, please head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. This will help other educators find the show and join the Compassionate Educators Movement. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, let's keep changing lives without self-sacrifice.